Welcome to this Walnut Wednesday edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to our special Walnut Wednesday report, we'll bring you a look at national and regional agricultural news here on the show today. And I'll start things off with a look at regional agricultural news right after this. Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission. Supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. Taking advantage of January storms and recent cheap seasonal water rates, growers in the San Joaquin Valley are racing to build temporary basins for sinking water into aquifers to boost groundwater to carry them through drier years ahead. They weren't prepared for this much water, and they can't build them fast enough, according to Zach Stoller, whose farm management firm has built 20 temporary basins in the past month. Some growers are even removing trees to build permanent structures to store more water underground. California wine grape growers last year harvested their smallest crop of any year within the past decade. That's according to the California Department of Food and Agriculture's preliminary grape crush report, an annual benchmark for the wine grape and bulk wine sector. The third consecutive low harvest year isn't necessarily bad news. Demand for wine has slowed down in recent years, and the smaller than average yields have helped keep inventory low and prices high. The Senate recently unanimously passed a resolution presented by Senator Marie Alvarado-Gill to proclaim February 16th as California Almond Day. California grows nearly 80% of the world's almonds and the state is home to 7,600 almond farms. The importance of the almond industry in the state cannot be understated, she said. As a whole, it employs 110,000 Californians and contributes $9.2 billion annually to the economy. Almond consumption continues to rise as a versatile nut gains popularity as a nutritious protein source. Consumers are increasingly turning to almond milk, almond butter, and almond flour as a healthy alternative to other protein sources. The bill was co-authored by Senator Ashby and Assembly Members Juan Alanis and Heath Flora. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has imposed sanctions on produce businesses for failing to meet contractual obligations to the sellers of produce they purchased and failing to pay reparation awards issued under the Perishable Agricultural Commodities Act. These sanctions include suspending the businesses' PACA licenses and barring the principal operators of the businesses from engaging in PACA licensed business or other activities without approval from USDA. The following businesses and individuals are currently restricted from operating in the produce industry. Richard Fahome, doing business as All-American Distributing Company, operating out of Iselia, California, for failing to pay a $168,629 award in favor of a California seller. As of the issuance date of their reparation order, Richard Fahome, doing business as All-American Distributing Company, operating out of Visalia, California, for failing to pay $168,629 in favor of a California seller. PACA provides an administrative form to handle disputes involving produce transactions. This may result in USA's issuance of a reparation order that requires damages to be paid by those not meeting their contractual obligations in buying and selling of fresh and frozen fruits and vegetables. USA is required to suspend the license or impose sanctions on an unlicensed business that fails to pay PACA reparations awarded against it, as well as impose restrictions against those principles determined to be responsibly connected when the order is issued. Those individuals, including sole proprietors, partners, members, managers, officers, directors, or other major stakeholders, may not be employed or affiliated by any PACA licensee without USDA approval. 
Things seem to continue to be steady with a California kiwi season. California still has ample supplies of kiwi and is being orderly shipped as it has in the last few years. Things are on track, according to John Fagundes of Cal Harvest Marketing Incorporated. This is even with recent rains in the state, which Fagundes says it could have used more of. In the north, they did have some flooding problems with the rain, but the water receded fast, and he does not think there will be any problems for next season. California season starts in October and started on time this year. It should finish when they usually do. They have some shippers that ship later on into the season now, as late as through June. Most of those will be on programs, according to Fagundes. Meanwhile, demand for California Kiwis, which are primarily shipped through North America, has been good. He says there's been ample imports coming as well on Kiwis from Greece and Italy, and demand is still good for California fruit. As for pricing, he says it's been the best season so far. Prices are definitely stronger than last year at this time. Most of their fruit is marketed through programs and that is very very steady pricing according to Fagundes. Oshamis Farms, the leading grower and marketer of fresh artichokes in the U.S., announces the availability of their proprietary purple artichokes. This seasonal limited edition of the Oshamis Farms artichoke family is a colorful variety selected for superior flavor and appearance, according to the company. Oshamis Farms' proprietary purple artichokes are back for a fourth consecutive year. For nearly 100 years, Oshamis Farms has cultivated superior artichoke varieties in California. Tapping into this experience, they have developed a purple artichoke variety to enjoy alongside the lineup of other Ocean Mist Farms products and their traditional green varieties. According to Ocean Mist, characteristics of the purple artichokes include a vibrant purple exterior that when cooked may transform into shades of green and purple depending on seasoning and cooking method. The look and flavor of a Mediterranean old world variety, tender, meaty leaves, and a rich earthy artichoke flavor. Size 12 and 18 will be the first purple artichokes harvested at the start of the season and then will transition to a medium size to fit the four-count clamshell Ocean Mist Farms will offer. This will be in addition to loose artichokes. Ocean Mist Farms expects the heaviest production period to be now through April 23rd. They are grown in Castroville, California and are available nationwide. Soil and Crop Incorporated is your number one resource for sustainable nutrition. Growers are faced with difficult challenges and Soil and Crop Inc. has the experience, fertilizer, and biological portfolio to dramatically increase yield and performance in your troubled orchards and fields. Contact Soil and Crop Incorporated today for a free consultation on how we can help reverse the challenges you face as a conventional or organic grower so you can increase your bottom line and become a better sustainable farmer. Contact us today at 559-564-1236 or visit our website at www.callnrg.com. Soil and Crop, putting nature to work for you. Foliar tissue analysis is a test that determines essential or toxic levels of nutrients in leaves and is one of the most efficient ways of doing so. It's used as a means of 1. Detecting tree response to fertilizer programs, 2. Determining nutrient element deficiencies or toxicities, and 3. Estimating fertilization needs prior to nutrient deficiency symptoms. All tree nut growers are recommended to take a foliar tissue analysis each year, including walnut growers. The results of a leaf analysis can't be better than the sampling and analytical procedures used. Therefore, properly sampling and a reputable laboratory are an integral and vital part of foliar analysis. Stanislaus County Cooperative Extension Farm Advisor Kerry Arnold recently explained in an educational video the importance of foliar analysis. Instead of asking what the tree needs by the content in the soil or the amount of fertilizer applied, 
you ask the tree directly about its current nutrient levels. Nutrient concentrations tend to fluctuate during the season but stabilize in July. Therefore, experts suggest collecting tissue samples in July when nut development is well underway. To collect your samples, walk around your field at random. Do not incorporate more than 40 acres in one sample. Leaf nutrient concentrations also depend on the location of the leaf in the canopy. For walnuts, pull terminal leaflets. Pull leaves from all four quadrants of the tree. Pick a sun-exposed, non-fruiting spur or branch about six feet off the ground. You want to make sure trees you sample from are at least 40 feet apart. About 50 leaflets are required per sample. Avoid collecting from sick, injured, or stunted trees. The leaves should be collected in plastic or paper bags and stored in a portable ice chest, ideally. Leaves in plastic bags must be kept cool and protected from direct sunlight. And the bags should be labeled with the following information, date, orchard location, and tree location per UC guidelines. The best time to take the leaf sample is during June and July. At this time, most leaves are fully developed and their nutrient concentration is stable. However, samples may be taken in August or September, but interpretation of the results must be adjusted for seasonal effect. July leaf tissue samples are an excellent resource to determine next year's fertilization practices. When you get the results, you can compare them to standards developed by the University of California. The critical leaf value is the point at which your orchard will suffer yield losses. If your orchard is at that point, you should consider an aggressive fertilization program. The sufficient range is the target. If your samples come back in this range, plan to fertilize based on crop removal rates. If you are above the sufficiency range, congratulations! You can reduce the amount of fertilization you do for a year or two. Be wary of zinc. The metal binds to leaf cuticles giving artificially high leaf values. This zinc cannot be washed off. Leaf tissue analysis is not a substitute for visual observations, but is simply a tool to use for a sound fertilization program. In most cases, it will confirm toxicity and or nutritional problems in the orchard. For more information, visit the California Department of Food and Agriculture's California Crop Fertilization Guidelines website. For My Ag Life, I'm Taylor Chalstrom. Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission. Supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. Production and consumption of ethanol as a transportation fuel grew significantly over the last three decades in the United States before plateauing in recent years. The ethanol share of Finnish motor gasoline has moved concurrently with consumption, leveling off near 10% in 2022. Steps taken in the spring of 2020 to combat the spread of COVID-19, such as increased remote work and school and other social distancing efforts, resulted in sharp declines in a variety of ethanol market metrics. For example, from 2017 to 2019, U.S. ethanol production averaged 1.33 billion gallons per month, while consumption averaged 1.18 billion gallons per month. During the pandemic lows, these values fell by 46% and 40% respectively. More recently, estimates for all three figures have largely recovered and leveled off. However, adoption of hybrid and electric vehicles is expected to put downward pressure on gasoline consumption and dampen prospects for renewed growth in fuel ethanol demand. Since the highs of 2021, freight prices have dropped to lows not seen since June of 2020, according to a recent analysis by U.S. Wheat Associates. Coupled with a recent break in wheat prices, decreased ocean freight costs have helped turn the tides back in the importer's favor. 
The Baltic index price chart of dry bulk rates shows the impact on rates from the Russian invasion of Ukraine. On February 6th, the Baltic dry index hit 621, a level not seen since June of 2020. The index has fallen 88% from its peak in October of 2021. In recent years, dry bulk freight and Chinese economic growth have become interconnected. Vessel supply and demand, port congestion, oil prices, and the ongoing supply chain disruptions will continue to impact the market as economies normalize post COVID. However, China remains in a driver's seat of global freight, according to U.S. Wheat Associates. The resilience of the Chinese economy will be put to the test as economic activity increases post-COVID. The organic market has seen continued growth in retail sales in the past decade. However, the pace of growth has slowed, according to the USDA's Economic Research Service. U.S. organic retail sales increased by an average of 8% per year and surpassed $53 billion in 2020. In 2021, sales were $52 billion, which was a 6% annual decline when adjusted for inflation, but a slight increase when not inflation adjusted. Additionally, the number of certified organic acres operated increased gradually from 3.6% million in 2011 to 4.9 million acres in 2021. The number of certified farms with operating organic acres in the United States nearly doubled over the past decade to 17,400 from about 8,900. Between 2019 and 2021, the number of certified organic farms in the United States increased 5%, while total organic land decreased by 11%, driven by a 36% decrease in pastureland and rangeland. The Food Industry Association recently submitted comments to the Food and Drug Administration regarding the agency's proposed rule to update the definition of the term healthy. The FDA is seeking the update when the term is used as a nutrient content claim and labeling. FMI Chief Public Policy Officer Jennifer Hatcher says they are concerned the proposal is too restrictive in scope and could inadvertently lead to consumers avoiding certain foods that are otherwise part of a healthy eating pattern. The comments submitted to FDA explain some FMI members found that their portfolios have gone from 80 to 95 percent healthy eligible foods to between 3 and 7 percent healthy eligible foods under the proposed rule. FMI predicts that when taking into account the entire food supply, fewer than 5 percent of products would qualify. Hatcher adds a definition that only allows an exceedingly small number of foods to bear healthy claim would be counterproductive to the agency's goal of improving public health. The fate of the 2023 Farm Bill will depend on the two parties agreeing on how to reconcile competing spending for food stamps versus commodity, crop insurance, and conservation programs. We're not going to have a Farm Bill if you don't have bipartisan agreement. Longtime Ag Senator Chuck Grassley on the committee's rolling fight. Longtime Ag Senator Chuck Grassley on the committee's fight over USA's huge boost in pandemic SNAP spending, competing with Farm Bill programs. If we hadn't had this pandemic, we would be spending at the February 2020 level, plus population growth, plus inflation, and no more. And that's a heck of a lot less than the doubling of the food stamp program that CBO uh, said was in the baseline. The Congressional Budget Office estimates the 10-year cost of SNAP at $663 billion, up 82% from the 2018 Farm Bill, largely due to USA's ability to administratively boost benefits. Grassley echoes complaints of other Senate Ag Republicans. The Secretary of Agriculture does not have the constitutional power of the purse. And uh, that sort of uh, massive spending by one person making that decision is wrong. 
CBO estimates the entire new farm bill will spend 65% more than the 18 bill, but cost $1.5 trillion the most ever. Still, crop insurance and commodity program outlays are pegged at just 7% of farm bill spending, and ARC, PLC, dairy margin, livestock, and tree programs up just 1%, and conservation down 3% from 2022 levels. Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. We deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bee's pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be hero, superior bees, superior pollination. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcast, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate and influence growers in the western united states everywhere you go you see west coast nut magazine on every one of my customers tables so that tells you everything that's that it's there so they're reading our my ag life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing team, thank you for listening. (laughs) 